The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who never looks back at yesterday, only ahead to tomorrow, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening, sir? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? I am doing well as well. It's only been two weeks since we recorded a podcast, Josh. It's like almost like the old days. Almost, but so different that we're still like, we don't have anything to catch up on, really. <laughs> well, that's not true. We we talked about, well, I mean, we talked about a lot of the things ahead of time, but yeah, things that we talk about <laughs> at this point in the podcast where we talk about how life is going. Yeah. So, uh, Josh, let me ask you a few questions then, just out of curiosity. Number one, sure. d- did you watch the big game? Yes, I did watch the big game. And and what were your thoughts on the big game? It was a good game. I didn't care who won, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a good game, I think, in terms of uh, big games past. Uh, it's up there in some of the closer games. In it was close. Games. Yeah. Gotcha. You, so you were okay with the winner, didn't really have a, a dog in that race, if you would? Yeah. Uh, I barely remember who won now. I do know oh, who geez. won, but I barely remember. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that's how little I care about the, who gotcha. won. Gotcha. What did you think of the halftime show? I thought it was great. I thought it was good. Uh, and, and and I didn't know that she was pregnant until after, so it was even better knowing that she did that all while being pregnant. So good for her. <laughs> I Where it does it rank show. in the halftime show pantheon for you? Oh, boy, I don't know. I don't know. I hardly also remember who does halftime shows. Uh, That's true. So it's probably in the top 50%. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. It's okay. not, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, so it I was in the, in the good half. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I did think all of the Smash Brothers memes and things afterwards were pretty yes, great. Yes, those were funny. <laughs> <laughs> those were pretty good. Uh, it did make me realize, though, uh, that I am clearly out of touch with more modern music i definitely knew all of her old stuff i did not know the her newer stuff anywhere near as well as like i feel like i've heard this song before but i don't really know for certain okay i did know all the songs she did so i guess i'm a little bit more hip than you you are more hip than i am that was never in doubt (laughs) we never that was never uh, a concern about whether or not you were more hip than me so i just don't listen to modern pop music i don't listen to modern music much at all actually yeah, I'm too busy listening to Oleander. I am too busy listening to Oleander, it's true. I actually watched a um, video the other day on the internet, you know, that, that the, on the YouTubes. Yeah, you say it like someone who's into pop culture. That's right. In, on the YouTubes, I watched this, their video, uh, and it was this uh, guy who was talking about how rock music, for the most part, hasn't had a new headliner in at least a decade. That if you look at rock sure. music and you look at like music festivals that are dedicated to rock music, the headliners are bands that are at least 10 years old, usually much older than that. 
and that it is kind of killing rock music that there really isn't a new way for the most part uh, of rock musicians who are making it big um and that you know as oldies like we are uh, who and old who like our old stuff yeah. um, if we don't embrace the new rock music uh we're just going to kill the genre basically well I- yeah, I, I don't know. I think that one of the problems is that uh, the music industry isn't embracing new rock music. It's not just agree. us. But like when you see some of these people that get nominated against Metallica for Best Rock Album, you're like, on what planet are these people who work for the Grammys living on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even Metallica, should they still be considered <laughs> nominated for Best Rock <laughs> Album? So, That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that, I thought that was interesting. Um, so the big game happened. Anything else happening in life, Josh? Anything else good going on? Anything else bad going on? Oh, boy. Um, in life, I, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, between now and when we record next, I will be celebrating my son's sixth birthday. That's pretty exciting. That's ridiculous to think, by the way. Yeah, it is very uh, insane. To... And the fact that it's ridiculous for me, I can only imagine what it is for you. <laughs> yeah, so. it's very crazy. Um, I will be seeing Hamilton between now Ooh. and the next time we record. Nice. Which is exciting. Um, that's it. <laughs> but you, those are, are two you, pretty big life events. Are you bringing your son to see Hamilton? No, I don't think that would be appropriate or good for anybody <laughs> sitting near us. Uh, but we are going with a, a group of uh, eight friends. So it's a big, pretty big group. Uh, I can, I guess I could tell a fun story because it's in Boston. It's in the theater district. And we wanted to go out to dinner afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a very nice hotel called the Godfrey Hotel in Boston that Okay. Uh, we've had friends who say that, and I guess they have a very, like, highly regarded restaurant in their in their hotel. So we wanted to eat there. We couldn't get a reservation. Uh, so then we were looking at other places around uh, the theater, and they found an Italian place that we were going to book. And then they required like a thirteen hundred dollar table reservation um, minimum for the what your expected bill is. Wow. For that group, not including like tips and whatever, and and uh, we're like, no, thank you. I don't think we'll be doing that either. Because <laughs> that's that'd be like what a hundred and sixty, hundred sixty-five bucks a person. Which I guess, if you're gonna be a person who can afford to normally go out to the theater district, that's probably right. not a big deal for you. But right, right, right. From someone like me who's slumming it and. Worcester, Massachusetts. It's 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 a big thing. <laughs> That's a big deal for me. Um, so yeah, so I I've, we did end up finding somewhere. I forget where it is, but I just know I have to save my pennies mm. to pay for dinner that night, uh, or I'm just going to be getting bread and water, <laughs> which is also a possibility. <laughs> Unless they have a table minimum too, and just no one told you about it. Yeah, <laughs> That's like you have to get 150 dollars in bread. <laughs> or you can't eat here. Uh, but yeah, that's. I think those are my two big life events coming up between at least now and when we record. How about you? Any any life events happening for you or coming up? Well, so I, I just want to let you know, I did uh, look at um, 
that hotel in Boston, the Godfrey, and I'm guessing the restaurant was called Ruka. Which that's is where a, we're eating. That is where you're eating. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's the place in the Godfrey. Great. We decided not to get a hotel room because it was three hundred and forty dollars for one night, <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> I can't do per- that either." <laughs> it is Peruvian Japanese food. Awesome. Uh, it sounds. <clears throat> Oh, well, prices aren't ridiculous. No, I'm sure the food prices aren't. It's the yeah, yeah. We are eating at Ruka. Yeah, it looks good. It looks really good. Well, I hope it's great. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I guess. Sorry, I get really obsessed when it comes to like food things. The expensive uh, place was called T- Toscana. It was an Italian restaurant. Thirteen hundred dollars minimum for food and beverage, and three hundred dollars non-refundable deposit. Just to make the reservation. Dang. So we are not going there. (laughs) We're going to Ruka. (laughs) Man. I mean, it does have a four and a half out of five stars on uh, Google reviews. Toscano does. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you pay for it. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Cool. Uh, Let's see. Exciting things going on here. I mean, I'm not going to see Hamilton. I did go see Hamilton like once way back in the day. You did. Yeah. Uh, and I, did I share the story about the the mom who was there with her son? Uh, potentially, this is the Wayne Brady one. This is the Wayne Brady one. Yeah, yeah when Wayne Brady was playing was was in it. Uh, but while we were waiting in the lobby for the doors to open, there was a mom there with her son, probably a little bit older than your son. Not, I don't think significantly older than your son. Sure. Though. Uh, and she was talking to him about the musical and everything that goes on. Um, and I very distinctly remember that she's like, "Now remember." There is a part of the musical where something really inappropriate happens. You remember us talking about that. And he's like, yes. And she's like, what happens? And he goes, he has sex with someone he's not married to. Spoilers, I guess, for, <laughs> That's for Hamilton. That's the problem, everyone. right? That's the um, controversy. she's like, <laughs> right. And is that okay? He's like, no, that's not okay. <laughs> like, well, I guess this is the thing that we were most concerned about through that whole musical is the fact that uh, – that's American <laughs> Anglo-Saxon like mindset. Like right. it's not the violence; it's the sex. No, it's the fact that he slept with someone who was not his wife, That's um, right. as part of a musical, like that is the the thing to take away that we we should say is not okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just well, don't remember that. My guess is they probably could have made a different comment on the. Uh, race of some of the people so i guess it's a positive right exactly it could have been something <laughs> different it could have been a, a different uh, observation uh so uh i guess the only big news i get is that we uh we've booked a vacation for this year hey and we we are going back to disney world nice yeah in september you like that so much you're gonna go back again yeah we're going back in september we just decided that you know like we did our taxes and our tax return was reasonable uh so we're like hey you know what things seem okay right now you know let's we enjoyed it last year it's going it's much less time you know like all that stuff we're staying like in a value resort and things like that because we're like well we're not really ever at the hotel during the day so who cares who needs it right you know so so you know it's definitely on a tighter budget than last time but we just really had a great time and it was nice to get away um that was our first vacation in nine years and we're like you know what we just need to start making this a more regular thing so we're going again um still going in hurricane season though huh 
I'm still going in hurricane season, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen again. Um, if, if it happens again, I think that'll be a case of, of like, okay, clearly it's us. Like, it's an us thing. Like, our bad everyone. <laughs> so, so we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, and because of the hurricane last time, we did still have um, days to use. Yeah. So it, it just it just made sense. It all ended up making sense to, to kind of do that. And we were going That's up. Awesome. Yeah, we're going slightly earlier in September than we did last time, so we won't roll over into October. But um, yeah, pretty excited about that. So that'll be good. Um, I guess the other news, not that listeners totally care. Um, and for some people, this probably isn't a big deal or anything different. But uh, my in-laws are moving uh, about 15 minutes away from me. So that's pretty oh, no. exciting. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, so that'll be a fun adventure. I do like my in-laws a lot. They're great. Um, I, but it'll obviously be an adjustment sure. to that. So. so yeah. But it'll be good. It'll be good. So okay. I guess that means I'm staying in Iowa for <laughs> the foreseeable future. I guess I'm not leaving. That'd be funny um, if you moved once they moved. I know, right? So That's what I was thinking about. I was like, Time man, to what, move, if, honey. <laughs> <laughs> what if something happens where all of a sudden we're like, oh, shoot, we got to move. Too bad your parents just moved here, but, <laughs> but we have this other thing we got to go do. So so we'll see. But yeah, so that's probably about it uh, in, the, in the life updates realm. Otherwise, just, you know, work, school. Yeah. Video games when I can squeeze out a few minutes. So, yeah. Yeah, I hear you on that. All right. But hey, you know what? Since we went so long last time and it's only been two weeks, this show will probably be shorter. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see if I jinxed it. But with that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows, like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack with a new host, uh, PSXP, and you know what? Maybe Dollar Cinema one day. You never know. Maybe we'll do a one-off. We'll find a, a fun opportunity to record Fast an Dollar X Cinema. is coming, and That's we, right. <laughs> we have to bring back the exhausted franchise. That, that you do. Uh, so you never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast Archive, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, Josh, last week, or two weeks ago, we both had extensive lists of what we've been playing. This week's our list look much smaller. So, oh, yeah. Josh, what have you been playing, sir? Okay. Where should oh, well all yes. All right. So um uh Undecembered. This is a game that Donnie recommended to me months ago. It was on early access on Steam. I think it's has has had a full release since then. Um, this is a game I can play on my Steam Deck, a game I play on my Steam, and it's really a game that's holding me over until Diablo 4. Uh and or instead of Diablo 4, depending on what happens with Diablo <laughs> yeah. 4. Um, yeah, I'm still enjoying it. It's fun. But, it, it you know, it doesn't show, especially if you're looking at, like, Diablo 4 videos now, that's mm-hmm. kind of stuff coming out, you can really kind of see it's more of a Diablo 2 game than a Diablo 4 replacement. It's not, like, as polished as what we're going to see with Diablo 4, even Diablo Immortal, but it's still for me like it, you know, it's a it's a Diablo clone. They do a good job at it. It's just not that it is still a clone, right? So it's only, you know, 80% of Diablo. <laughs> or you know, whatever. <laughs> However many times it's been cloned. Um but it's still fun. I enjoy it. It's free to play. It's on Steam. So check it out. Undecembered. 
Um, it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, another game that is not necessary. Well, this game is definitely not fully out, but I can actually officially talk about it. A game that I was in a, pr- uh, I couldn't talk about before, uh, but now I can. I just can't share video or clips or clips in general. And that is a game called X Defiant. This is Ubisoft's uh, attempt to answer Call of Duty or Overwatch. It is their first-person team-based shooter. So clearly incorpor- not one of the games that they canceled, clearly. It's not one of the ones they canceled yet, uh, <laughs> but it has not been. <laughs> Confidence. Confidence. <laughs> Uh, but there's no word yet on what the future of this game is. Um, I participated in a closed alpha for this game uh, many months ago, and this past weekend they kind of re-upped and was like, hey, we're still here, and we're still making this game, and now you guys can talk about it. And it features uh, teams where you can play as characters with special abilities, and they're characters from Ubisoft games, such as you have Splinter Cell characters, you have uh, Ghost Recon characters, you have Rainbow Six characters, you have uh, Watchdog characters. And you can pick uh, a person from this group, and there's typically, some groups only have one character you can choose. Uh, and when I say one character, I mean a character with one special ability. And some groups, like the Splinter Cell team, there are two characters each have a different special ability. Uh, Watchdogs is also one of those. So like Watchdogs, you can deploy Spider Bot as a special. Um, and then there's another one, which I didn't use. And then Splinter Cell, you can use a Ghost Camo. Uh, and then the other one I didn't use. Um, it is uh, how I would describe it. Um, small maps, quick deaths, um, and not too many shots to be killed. So you have to uh, kind of balance your play style. You can't play it like Call of Duty. You can't play it like Fortnite. You can't play it like PUBG. Um, you kind of have to figure out how to play this game. Uh, and it's fun. It's I will say it's fun. I wouldn't say that I see a life for me in this game. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say no if someone was like, hey, we're playing X Defiant tonight. Do you want to play? I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I'll play it. Because uh, <laughs> the maps are small and fun. And uh, the, all all of the um, beta I participated in was control zones. Uh, so it's, you know, map types are familiar. But they also had a training where you can learn special abilities and your target range and, and things like that as well in the in the practice training grounds area. So you said that, you know, for what you played, it was fine, but not, you know, necessarily a game for you. Who is it a game for then? Uh, it's, it's probably for a person who uh, wanted Rainbow Six Siege to be less tactical. Okay. So uh, not something that you need to like Rainbow Six Siege seems like a fun game on the surface, right? It's small mm-hmm. maps. It's team based. But really in Rainbow Six Siege, your weakest link is your downfall, right? Like you can't have a weak link on your team. And this plays a little bit more of that. Uh, think your Call of Duty Nuketown map, like you could just yeah. be OK with dying a lot. 
Okay. Like it's going to happen. You just need the most points. <laughs> uh, but it moves fast. Uh, you know, it feels good. The controls feel good. The shooting feels good. The special abilities feel good. Uh, I just, I still don't know that I, for me, Overwatch has been the closest game of this type that appeals to me because it's more arcadey. Okay. Um, and also because I don't play on the level that you play on for Overwatch, right? So like you play on the borderline pro competitive level like and, and for me and i'm saying that as me i know you don't consider yourself in the echelon but like i know if i played with you when i did play with you for overwatch mm-hmm. it was evident where i was lacking on the team which is good because it was communicated but that's not <laughs> what i was looking for gotcha okay in this game i don't feel like you're not playing support roles you're not playing tank roles like you're just Picking characters and killing people, so it's a little less mindless, but more still arcadey. Gotcha. In that sense. Um. So, and this this is gonna sound like a humble brag, and I swear it's not meant to be. We, uh, I haven't played like any competitive really since Overwatch Two came out. I very rarely played actual like jumped into the competitive queue. Yeah. Um. And last night. Um, me and a couple of friends, we jumped in and we played competitive for the first time in quite some time. Um, throughout the entire game, um, it was like it was a it was a hybrid map, so it was capture the point and then push the payload that you get once you've captured the first point. Um, we played defense tur- first. The other team never captured the first point, and then when we went to offense, you just have to like get like one tick or like one third of the first point captured. Since the other team didn't get any progress on the first point. Yeah. Um, you win after you just get a third of it completed. Um, the other team never killed, got, never got an elimination. They never <laughs> killed anyone on our team <laughs> on both offense or defense ever. Well, there you go. And I say that not as a humble brag. And I say that as a wow, Overwatch matchmaking is still broken. <laughs> so, yeah, they got to fix that. Yeah, yeah they yeah. really got to fix it. Anyway, sorry. X Defiant. That's okay. That's okay. X Defiant. It's still coming out as far as I know. Um it looks good too. I just can't share those pictures with you, but I'm sure you can Google pictures of of the game. I'm sure someone has, even though they weren't supposed. Someone to. broke it. I'm sure you could probably find it on Twitch somewhere. Um, uh, next up, I'll talk about Wild Hearts real quick because it yeah. is part of the EA uh, Access free trial. So mm-hmm. if you have Game Pass for PC or Xbox, you uh, inherited this lovely EA. Uh, sorry, Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, this EA uh, bonus. So any EA game, well, not any EA game, most EA games, Dead Space was not included in this. Oh, well, I suppose uh, that one's so short that they wouldn't yeah. be able to do the 10 hours. Yeah. Uh, uh, you get a 10 hour free trial. Uh, you also get it a f- a five to eight days early. I forget the number. Uh, that also may vary depending on the games too, but usually get it a week early. Um, so this was a game I was very curious about. Uh, we've talked about it before. We've definitely yeah. talked about it in the Discord. Um, it kind of it looked like Monster Hunter, uh, which is not a game for me. Although it is Monster Hunter is a game. When we ever talk about games, we wish we were into. Like Monster, Monster Hunter is always a game for me that I wish I was into. Yeah. Um, so I was interested in checking this game out. It also adds in um, um, uh, this interesting mystical type of building 
uh, objects into the game, uh, wooden structures that you harvest from cutting down trees and such. Um, so it kind of takes some of that Fortnite into it as well. Uh, I didn't play too much, but I played enough to know kind of felt pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed like battling like these like snow wolf kind of things. That was pretty fun. Um, when I did get to the part where I could um, build objects, I kind of understood why. Like you need to build them to traverse um, terrain to get to mm-hmm. different spots spots you also can build things to help you um fight bigger animal like enemies but you're always fighting an- animals uh i think um and it, it felt pretty smooth it's a very pretty looking game uh i enjoyed the time i spent with it but i've been reminded watching some streams this is still a 70 dollar game uh and i don't know that i would pull the trigger at 70 bucks uh, but I could see this as a game I would definitely put more time into on a uh, Game Pass or PlayStation Network kind of game, or maybe like a $35 Black Friday sale or mm, yeah. summer sale or something. But um, for me, it just doesn't it doesn't hit all the notes I needed to hit. So uh, that being said, check it out if you're interested. Plenty of people are streaming it, so if you want to see what the game is all about. It has a very... A robust character creator, which I always appreciate. Uh, so I did like that as well. But yeah, I just I think ultimately we'll talk about in a little bit. I got enough to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe if I wasn't playing anything, this could jump up. But it's not it's not competing for my top five games I need to play a slot. So uh, but but no, no shade on Wild Hearts. It was fun for what I played. So if you like Monster Hunter, check it out. Um, yeah, Frosthaven, right? That's the game I should talk about next. Yeah, you should talk about Frost. Ugh, this gigantic heap of a game, Frosthaven. The first night we got together, it took us three hours to build the Laser Rocks cutout. Uh-huh. And then the next night we got together, we, we got together at 6.30 p.m. We didn't start playing until 8.30 p.m. because we had to punch all the boards and then match them to where they go in the cutouts that we built from well, Razor Rocks. Uh, I will say a few things about this. We added a fourth player to our group this this time around. That's exciting. So we took uh, our friend who uh, is affectionately named Juice. Uh, I don't even know his real legal name. <laughs> I only know him as Juice. That's great. Um, he plays Pathfinder slash D and D with us. He is a friend of a friend who has now become my friend as well. Uh, so he has joined us, and it's funny because he just bought the Darkest Dungeon board game. Okay, and he came into this not knowing anything about Frosthaven or Gloomhaven, and thought he bought like the biggest game of all time. And like he had taken pictures of all his minis and stuff, and he showed it to me. And then he saw like what we were getting into, and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> I thought the game I bought was crazy." <laughs> um, yeah, about we that. didn't we didn't finish our game until two a.m. last night. Goodness uh, gracious! My son was up at five, so today has been a long day. <laughs> that's why you didn't want to cook dinner tonight, Josh. <laughs> that's a lie. I didn't want to do a lot of things today. Um, <laughs> 
And I didn't do anything today, to be very clear. Uh, I literally, well, that's not true. I didn't leave the couch all day today, uh, except to play Jenga with my son. Uh, but then I just went to the floor to play Jenga. I mean, that is a far way to back travel. Back onto the couch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about Jenga. Let's talk about Frost even. Um, so, yes. So I, I posted a, a reel on our Instagram if you want to check out some pictures from our Frost Haven night. Um, and yeah, uh, while it is a lot of the same, uh, as Gloomhaven, it is so much more, uh, they changed so many rules. Uh, even the characters are, uh, so incredibly different as far as, um, their abilities, what they can do and how, and how you use them. And in my character, uh, the banner, um oh boy i'm gonna i will get this down at some point banner something oh no it's not the banner flag but she has a banner flag um uh i'm gonna have to look it up because i feel banner spear banner spear okay um what's interesting is about like a lot of these characters is they're super focused now on um their jobs, uh-huh. right? And, and like the past Gloomhaven, you can kind of play any character and you could kind of play them the same way if you really wanted to. Uh, if you didn't want to like thematically go by your character's story, you could just be like, hey, I'm a scoundrel. And also, hey, now I'm a new character, but I'm just going to, you know, do everything the same. The cards didn't change so much. Now the cards are totally different. Now, so I'm playing the Banner Spear, um, and my character heavily relies on being adjacent to allies to do more damage to okay. other characters. It also relies on summons, which I never played a character in Gloomhaven. The three mm-hmm. years I played Gloomhaven, I never used a character with summons. Um, so that's been that was a big hurdle just for our first night of playing, just to kind of get my bearing on what I'm doing, my buddy Joe, he's playing the character who is two different characters. They're made of the little, um, like bot flies and they form two different characters. So they have two different miniatures and two different decks. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, uh, just to give two examples of like how different, these characters are versus like the gloomhaven characters. It adds a complexity um, that we just were ready for, but only because we had so much time with gloomhaven. Um, they're adding, they add um, the change of loot system. So there's not necessarily treasure chests in every map, but there is a loot deck that you build because in Frosthaven, you're building an outpost in okay. Frosthaven. So you're rebuilding this burnt down village. Um, and as you, uh, and because we played so late, we didn't really do the end game, like end scenario stuff. So I can't really speak to that yet, but I do know like as we did the uh, scenario, we got like lumber and pelt and these are all new. This was not in Gloomhaven. You were not getting resources like this. Right. You were just getting gold and treasure. Uh, so now we're accruing things to help uh, what I'm assuming is to build up this 
outpost. Uh, there's also summer and winter seasons in this game. Um, okay. And a lot of iconography change. It's uh, just a very much more robust version of Gloomhaven. So far, after one. After one play? After one play. play. <laughs> but we didn't lose, which I thought we were definitely going to lose, especially having a new player with us. Uh but if people who are listening are are like, I don't want to scare people off because I will say um, that our new player did pick up pretty quickly on how to play and did very well in the game as well. And in fact, I was the only one who died um, oh. in, in this scenario. Um, so I don't think it's unwelcoming to new players, but uh, from what I have also been told, it's taking some things from Jaws of the Lion as well that Jaws of the Lion improved on from Gloomhaven. So even if you play Jaws of the Lion, you'll have some experience with some of the, the systems for this game. Uh, but I'm very excited to see where we're going to go with this game. It was a ton of fun. Um, you know, it just felt like surprising new Gloomhaven, you know? Yeah. The, so, uh, yeah. the Blink Blade seems cool. Yeah, Blink Blade. That's my and my buddy Greg is the Blink Blade. That seems like a neat class. They're not really like uniquely named for the most. I mean, there's a Necromancer, but for the most part, <laughs> like they're pretty. They have pretty neat names too. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Maybe I'll actually play this game someday. Play it. <laughs> you got to do it. You have it. You got to play. Okay, it. but here. So now that you have played your first round of Frosthaven, yes. Should I? Should I 100% play Gloomhaven before I play Frosthaven? No, 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 no. I think that you, I know that, uh, I don't think that there would be any negative to you going back to Gloomhaven. In fact, playing Frosthaven first might, will probably make you better at Gloomhaven. Oh, okay. 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 Because that was my worry of like, if Frosthaven had changed so much that would like going to Gloomhaven be like, oh, this just seems so basic in comparison you know i think it's different enough because you're doing different things um that you could you go play gloomhaven as a as a fully different game but you'll have so much knowledge it's it's just like going into Frosthaven having played gloomhaven you have this knowledge of right. how the basic core concept of the game is played mm-hmm. so i either way you're still getting the bang for your buck because one of the coolest things about the Haven games is the characters and the right. abilities that they have and the story that you're playing through and, and how much you decide to play through. Right. right, right. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't think that you're losing out on that uh, at all. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, I'll talk about the game that we're both playing. Um, and uh, I'm competing with my wife to play this game because did you know that your game share also lets my wife play this game too? I think so because I was going to ask <laughs> if she was playing on her profile or like had a separate save on your profile. She started on mine, but I got worried that she would overwrite my save. So I asked right. her to try on her profile and it works on her profile just fine. Perfect. Great. I'm glad. Uh, so she's been playing. She's playing right now as we record. Um, she's been playing most of the day and the other half of the day I was playing um, and that's Hogwarts Legacy because I didn't say that um, yeah. uh, and 
there's probably some level of guilt in why I didn't say it. <laughs> I also haven't shared any pictures on social media about me playing it except for our discord. Right. Uh, I don't love that, but I have chose not to do that. Um, in fact, I haven't even chose to speak about playing it on social media. Um, that being said, this is probably going to be my game of the year. <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, I just, I'm so blown away at the depth of this game. Yeah. And how much I really wasn't expecting it to have. Like, I just kind of assumed this was going to be one of those licensed games that was good, but not great. That was passable. Right. Um, and it's really this... Honestly, it feels like Dragon Age to me. This is like Harry Potter Dragon Age. Mm -hmm. There's so much character development and story. In fact, you're doing so far, and I don't know how many hours you have in, but I, I would argue there's more exploration than combat, and it doesn't feel like it. Like, I'm not sitting there going, oh, I wish I had more combat. Uh, I'm I'm just like I just kind of started to realize today at some point I was like oh wow I've I've done combat it feels great the combat does feel great yeah but combat I'm is like, surprisingly good I'm like oh but I've been doing so much exploring versus combat and I don't feel like I'm lacking combat I have just been really enjoying the exploration aspect of it I'm about ten hours in. Um, I'm the same. We're okay. actually both of us are about the same. So in the household, we put about 20 hours in. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we're about 10 hours each in. And there was things that she saw me doing that she hadn't even done or even discovered and vice versa. So it also is, uh, it lets you explore the game at your own pace, which is also refreshing. Um, it truly is this can we coin up like a linear open world? Because it's really what it is. It yeah. has this, it has what I wanted breath of the wild to be a little bit more direction in this open world. Yeah. Um, and I'm just loving it so much. I kind of wish the character voices weren't so close to um, Harry and Hermione. If it you is, pick male or female, it's just a little too close for me. <laughs> it is funny because um, my partner walked in while I was playing the other day, and she's like, "Are they? Did they try to get a Daniel Radcliffe sound alike?" And I was like, "Yeah, it kind of does sound pretty similar yeah. to him, doesn't it?" <laughs> and her and her character sounds just like Hermione. Um, so that does annoy me a little bit, but I get it. Like they're trying to stick to the to this British lore of Harry Potter, but they have an African girl, like from this apparently much bigger than hogwarts place so why can't they just switch the accents up a little bit make the character like scottish or something if you really have to stick, stick to the, yeah, <laughs> the white yeah. character um but yeah i'm really just enjoying the, the heck out of this game and um yeah i mean the combat does it feels so good it is just so well done and making sure that I unlocked the uh, extra sp um, spell yep. things like as soon as I could made a huge difference for me. Um, and then I just, today I got my room of requirement. Uh, so that was, Oh, okay. That was a very uh, fun thing to unlock. I didn't realize how much time I would be spending in it. <laughs> yeah. 
So you must be further behind me than story-wise. I've had the rumor requirement for a while. I had it available to me for a while, but I was doing other things instead. Gotcha. Okay. Because <clears throat> I was trying to figure out to see like where you were story-wise compared to me without trying to spoil anything. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. I mean, um, I'm not worried about you spoiling anything for me, but I don't know about if our listeners are playing this game. I, I will ask this, requirements and, in the movies, so it's probably well, uh, right. So, is the rumor requirement from a story perspective? Is that the from from a main quest perspective? Is that the last thing you did was rumor requirement? No, it's not the last thing I did. Oh, okay. um, I've done two more things after that main storyline wise. Okay, have you gone to the map room with the stars? Yes. Okay. Okay. Then yeah, I think we're probably re- really in a very similar to be mo- as vague as possible. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. I think we're uh, very actually that is then. exactly where I stopped myself okay. today. Gotcha. Um, I saved it right after I completed visiting the map room with my professor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're in a very similar spot then. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, other thought. Uh, what house are you in? I'm Ravenclaw, and it's because I used what my potter more profile i logged gotcha. into use and my wife also was in ravenclaw i could have changed it up because i knew she was going to be ravenclaw as well but i figured i would stick to what i had already done as a harry potter harry potter fan doing that potter more thing like years ago you yeah, are gryffindor i'm, I'm assuming I'm hufflepuff, hufflepuff oh nice life. okay i yeah. like hufflepuff i have yeah, a hufflepuff, hufflepuff t-shirt life. <laughs> so um what is your wizard's name i actually used my legal name you did <laughs> yes i tried to think and every of time most... i see myself speak i'm like i should not have used my full legal name <laughs> I, I tried to think of as like in thematic like trying to make as like hufflepuffy of a name as i could um so my character's name is oscar zacharias Okay, that's I felt tracks. like that was a pretty Hufflepuffy name. <laughs> sure, I don't that know. Sounds like it. <laughs> Does it sound good? Does that seem okay? Sure, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's better yeah, than just... my actual real name. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about uh Hogwarts Legacy you want to say before I just rip the game down? No, tear it down, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so let me say overall, like you, I am enjoying my time with the game or I wouldn't continue to be playing it. I do think though that this very much feels like a first pass at a game like this. I will say the world is huge. Exploring the world is fun. Uh, while I think the combat is good, I do think there's not enough of it to get comfortable with it. And maybe there will be more later, but right now, like if I fight two people, I'm like, it's fine. But anytime I fight like a group of things or I'm in the forbidden forest and there's a whole bunch of spiders or whatever, um, it takes me a second to like get through the motion of feeling confident in switching my spell profile to be able to like know that like because i try to set it up so that like the bottom is always red the left side of it's always purple no matter which like one of the thing i'm on but like cycling through that in a way that makes sense to get to the cooldown spells to be able to take out i just wish there was a little bit more combat to get comfortable with that because even though my character is like level 20 ish like i'm in that ballpark i think um I I just don't feel I get there, but I like when I go in, I do have to like think about it for a second. It, it's not second nature to me yet. And I think it's just because like you said, the bulk of the game so far has been exploration, going around, yeah. looking at things, finding things, which is fun. Um, 
There are just like those few things, though, that annoy me. Number one, you give me way too much crap at the beginning of the game for the size of my inventory. Way too much. Oh, I and never my, I, I never experienced that. Oh, my God. I, my inventory is constantly full. So I'm like, I have to oh, go sell I'm this never stuff. Full. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm like, I have to go and I have to sell all these things and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I, so I feel like because I was exploring so much, right, running around, checking things, looking at like I was getting all this stuff. And then my inventory is full, my inventory is full, my inventory is full. And then you're like, okay, you can go to these like little, not to spell what they're called, these little trial things you do to increase the size of your inventory. Yeah. But then you're like, the first time you do it, you're like, do two, inventory goes up. You're like, awesome. Then the next time you have to do six, you're like, wait, what? What? Why do I have to do six all of a sudden? Like, this doesn't seem fair. I just had to do two last time. Um, so that's a little annoying. The other thing for me that's a little annoying is there's just things that like, in some games, I think this would be good. And, and I guess to an extent in this game, it's fine. But there are certain things where you just expect there, or at least I expect there to be more because of the way modern games have gone. The perfect thing is, did you do the like side mission about picking stuff up in the lake? Yes. I So you swim out there, right? Swim, 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 swim. You're like, oh, this is where that boat sank. I guess I'm going to go look for the stuff now. You hit the button. Your character just disappears below water for a second and then pops back up. It's like, I got it. You're like, yeah. wait, what? That's it? Like I, and then you like so. Anytime you just see little ripples of circles in the water, you just like hold down square button, and your character dies or like pops right. Like you don't even see them go under. They, I mean, they disappear, but you never yeah. see under the water. Like, and I'm like, you know, again, not saying it's the same, but you talked about Dragon Age, Assassin's Creed. If I had to do that, I would be swimming and going down there and like looking at all the stuff, and you know, like I just thought <laughs> there'd be more to it than that. There just isn't sometimes. So I think that's kind of like my. When you go like when you go to like potions class or whatever, it's like oh go to class. You're like you go to class. They show this yeah. little cutscene of things happening in class, and then like talk to your teacher, and you're like, so I don't get, like I don't get to do anything in class. Like I just sat there, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you know. So again, overall, really enjoying the game, having a good time like with it. There are just things like that where I'm like, so close, right? We're we're just about to that, and you know, every game has a timeline, every game has a budget. Like I know all that stuff would be sure far more expensive to do and probably take it far longer even though this game was in development for what seemed like a gazillion years um those are just some of the nits that i have with it that i'm like i wish that this would have happened or i wish that that would have happened um, yeah. but overall um you know maybe it's going to make it a shorter a little bit tighter shorter experience and obviously you know the game looks really good uh the music is pretty solid like you said the combat is pretty fun. solid the music is pretty damn the music good. is pretty <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's a little annoying is how, especially when you're like picking up all of like the pages, like yeah. the little like sound cue that plays like yes. every time you get the same sound cue, the every same, time, the yeah. exact same sound cue over and over and over and over. The over score again. is really good. The score is yes, yes, that's a good way to put it. The score is very good. Um, like I said, the world is beautiful. Hogwarts looks awesome. Like especially at night when you go like at it, at it from a vista. Like yeah, it looks, and you can go of, to there. You see it, and you can yeah. go to there. You can. There's a lot of really really good things happening in this game. Um, and like I said, if, maybe all those little nits that I have will make make the game a little tighter experience in the end. Um, it's just those are things that, um, yeah. And also, Josh, did you know all roads lead to Hogsmeade? <laughs> yeah, you can see by the sign outside of Hogsmeade. Yeah, all roads uh, lead to Hogsmeade. <laughs> yes. Well, well, you guys here heard it here first. Kyle hates Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy just like Far Cry 5. Yeah, I hate <laughs> it's it. All it's the worst. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so like i said obviously i'll keep playing keep going keep trucking along um i i called it harry potter today 
again, I just called it Harry Potter 2, and my son goes, Dad, it's not Harry Potter. It takes place way before Harry Potter even existed. It's true. I was like, who have you been? He's five, though. I was like, who have you been talking to? <laughs> You've been talking to your mother too much because those words shouldn't even exist in your vocabulary. <laughs> um, here, Here's a question for you. What do you think of, and I guess, sorry if this is a spoiler for listeners, the rationale slash reason that we have no Quidditch? Oh, well, I think it's funny because uh, <laughs> they clearly couldn't they didn't have the time to put it in the game or the resources. So I like that. I actually think it's really I pretty uh, it's a it's a reasonable explanation for the eventual DLC. Well, because you think because I was thinking about that, like, I don't know how you make Quidditch fun is the problem, right? Because, oh, you can't make it fun based off of how, the rules of the game. <laughs> Well, based off of the controls of flying a broom, <laughs> right? It is uh, as as much as I like the freedom of flying on the broom, especially for long distance yes. um, quests. It is not a very intuitive control scheme for this broom. Yeah, I think it works well for the game because yeah. there is pretty low pressure. But you could not make that. You could not use the same controls and make a competitive sports game out of it. Yeah, because you can't. It would be horrible. Like, you can't yeah. even turn. You have to yeah. stop and yeah. turn the camera. It's big, yeah, it's big sweeping. Yeah, yeah, you so, can't. I just thought it was interesting because also I was trying to think of how do you make Quidditch into a reasonable game, even if you like could improve the controls. Because I'm like, yeah. realistically, like catching the snitch is all that matters. So then you make a game that's just catching the snitch because. Well, yeah, and it's only the only thing that matters unless you never catch the snitch and then the points actually matter. Right, but does that ever happen? Oh, I don't know. I've only seen the movies. Exactly. So there you go. There was <laughs> he the always snitch. catches it in the movie. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah. But anyway, so that's Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, Josh loves it. Obviously, I clearly hate it. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, tell us all this time. <laughs> tell us all this time. Kyle just not liking these Kyle games. Kyle loves Far Cry 6, hates Far Cry 5. <laughs> So weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've actually beaten them both, but that's fine. No big deal. No big deal. So I actually got a, an email from Ubisoft the other day being like, uh, hey, uh, here's this limited time event to get this weapon in Far Cry 6. I was like, you think I'm still playing that game? Like, Or that I'm going to re-download it? To get I mean, a they're still rifle? selling it for $120, so I think someone's <laughs> playing it. <laughs> so, oh, man. Anyway. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Anything else that you've been playing that you want to talk about before we jump into topics, Josh? I mean, I'm still playing Marvel Snap, but who isn't? Uh, I'm also still playing Marvel Snip Snap. Snip Snap. Snip Snap. So, okay. Well, hey, let's jump into some board game topics. I only listed a couple topics because then we might jump into a, you know, old segment that, you know, people seem to like that we'll, we'll probably do to round out the, the board game section. Because, uh, you know, it's only been two weeks, so we don't have as many things to pick from, Josh. It's okay. People are probably sick of us. <laughs> what are the, is there one of these that you'd like to talk about? I mean, I will talk about both of them, about both of them, but we can start. I'll start with Brad, uh, <coughs> this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, actually, I wanted to mention to you something uh, as well that my wife and I just watched before we started recording. Did you see the Dice Tower review of Earth? Uh, no. Uh, you need to watch it. Okay. And so does everybody else listening. Uh, Earth 
Flora the Explorer, as they call it, uh, uh, Earth Review from you from the Dice Tower Studios YouTube review. I don't want to spoil anything, um, but it's being they're saying it's better than Ark Nova. Um, spoilers. <laughs> And it's a game that we saw in the Daystar Cruise. We just didn't play. Um, or at least I saw people talking about it or mentioning it. And it really kind of caught my eye because of the design of the game. And I had not heard of the game studio, Inside Up Games. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess I will spoil it. Uh the review wise, they have four people reviewing it, right? And they, uh, two nines. Tom gave it a 9.5, and Tom Delisio gave it a 10. Huh. Um, and Tom said he would choose this over Terraforming Mars, Ares Exp- Expedition, and Ark Nova any day. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, and uh, Ark Nova on... was his number one game of, in his top 100 this year. Yeah. So, put this on your radar. Uh, Earth from Inside, Inside Up, Up Games. Games. And uh, all that, the reason I'm bringing that up is because we're talking about a new game and then in the hotness or the number one rated game, not just the hotness, the number one ranked game on Board Game Geek. Uh, it, was, it has been Gloomhaven since Gloomhaven came out, uh, which was what? uh five years ago six years yeah. ago yeah. uh now a game that only came out a year after gloomhaven brass birmingham a game i still have not played same by roxley games is now the new number one board game of all time as rated on board game geek uh pretty high praise would you say <laughs> Well, and I think what, you know, on the surface, that doesn't seem like a big deal. But other than a few errors that have happened in their, like, in Board Game Geek's computation, there have, previous to this, there have only been seven games that have ever been number one on Board Game Geek. So, Path of Glory uh, was from August 19th, 2021, till February of 2022, or uh, 2002, excuse me. So, 2001 to 2002. Tigris and Euphrates was from February of 2002 until later in 2002. Puerto Rico then became number one until August of 2008, until it was superseded by Agricola, which held the title until December 2010. Twilight Struggle then took over and held it until December 2015. Pandemic Legacy Season 1 took over and then took it until November 2017, until Gloomhaven then took over and has had it until now. So the fact that Brass Birmingham is now the number one game on Board Game Geek is a pretty big deal. Like this isn't something that happens regularly, and it's important to note that with how Board Game Geek works, over the next couple of weeks, they said that likely Gloomhaven and Brass Birmingham will bounce back and forth between one and two because their ratings are so close um, that, like by hour by hour, they kind of flip back and forth right now, um, and that it might eventually shake out that Gloomhaven retains number one. Um, but it's been you know three six years. Since a different game is held the number yeah. one title. So Josh, what does this does this make you more interested in playing Brass? Obviously, as someone who loves Gloomhaven, Brass is a very different game. Um, but what does this do for you? Are you suddenly trying to find a copy of Brass Birmingham or or what's going on with that now? Ooh. 
I, I don't know that I'm looking for a copy, but I do want to play it for sure. It's definitely become my like top five board games I I want to play at some point. Um, because, yeah, why wouldn't you want to play it? Especially knowing like I not only agreed with the number one before this, but own it in like, even if it's a different game, I would still want to play it based off of my trust for the website, you know, for the reviews and the fact that we constantly talk about board game geek in, as far as like legitimate news source slash review source slash uh, open source, you know, um, I don't know that I've seen too many things sway me. Um, maybe the hotness list gets like, too popular sometimes but that's really the only like downside i could give board game geek except for it's like uh like archaic user interface (laughs) otherwise i think it's fine (laughs) yeah it it is uh what is a bummer though is that uh brass birmingham basically impossible to purchase right now uh it is out of stock everywhere uh retail price of it is like eighty dollars um most like game nerds and miniature market and stuff when they sell it they usually sell it i think for around 60 yeah Um, you could buy copies of it on amazon for right now for like 180 dollars if you want to (laughs) but like that's get it which is the bummer about when games suddenly um make a move like this or become really popular it's impossible for them sometimes to capitalize on it right because trying to get more of those game more games in stock is just so hard um that you know if you want if you're like oh i'm really excited now about brass birmingham i want to jump in and get it uh good luck it's virtually impossible and that just is one of the things that stinks sometimes about the board game business yeah you know what i did buy though while we were talking about this what's that earth uh I, josh i actually have the uh page open to, to pre-order i just bought it <laughs> i was like well we're talking about how hard it's going to be to buy a specific game once they once they catch uh, on because did you just pre-order it from inside up games no i got it from where did i buy it from um the kickstarter page or did I get it from Inside Up Games? Maybe I did. One of those things I didn't really pay too much attention to where I bought it from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have an email telling me where I bought it from, right? Because that would be crazy if I didn't. You, I mean, email. one would hope, right, that you ha- would have one. Because I guess you could probably have just late backed it, right? Yeah. I, oh, I got it from Backerkit. Sorry. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's right. Yeah, that works. Oh, I should check their website and see how much they're charging. Because it's 50 much. bucks on their website. Euros or American dollars? 50 American dollars. Earth pre-order, oh, $50. I paid more. Well, but the, I wonder if you have the I probably got the Kickstarter stuff, though. <laughs> yeah, you have the Kickstarter edition, whereas this is probably just the, the plain old, plain old, you know? Yeah, I must have got it from, I must have got the Kickstarter version. I hope I did. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume so if if that's where you got it from. I would I would hope, right? Oh yeah, because it says that I'll get it sooner than April twenty second, which is what they say for this. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, there you go. 
Yes. Uh, any other <laughs> thoughts on Brad? How do you feel about uh, Gloomhaven getting superseded and, and, and kicked down? What, do, what are your it's only thoughts? Only matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Every game will eventually lose its number one spot. But I think six years is a pretty good record. Six years be is number a pretty one. good record. So I give them that. Well-earned, well-deserved. Uh, Frosthaven is now above Gloomhaven in the hotness. But Gloomhaven's still holding number four in the hotness. Like, that says a lot about Gloomhaven still. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Brass is now number one. It sale, is. Which is sale drop down. Can be a big game though. Uh, I think it will be. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty popular. So I'm interested in that as well. So it is very uh, funny now though, because if you look at um, the the current rankings that are happening for um, Gloomhaven, uh, <laughs> people are like. One, uh, I gave it a one just because after Brass went to number one, it got so many ones. I love Brass and really did enjoy Gloomhaven. <laughs> like so I, just... I hate people. I really I know, do. Right? <laughs> They're the worst. People are the worst. And it's their own fault why things are the way they are. Yep. And, the, and they're too dumb to understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes me more angry. Oh, goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Well, part of the problem. <laughs> we'll see where it ends up shaking out. But the fact that even um, the fact that it's even there uh, and is a question about like how it's going to go, like, you know, like it's surprising. I didn't think Gloomhaven was going to go anywhere for, for quite some time. Yes. Um, and yeah. so I'm, I am surprised. So. So, yeah, but cool. Anything else about that you want to say? Uh, hey, good for Brass. They deserve it. There was a lot of press for that game, and I think we talked about it a few times. In fact, we probably—I think we put it in our like ranking of board games list at some point. Um, it just seems to be a game that a lot of people talk about that we just haven't had the experience to play it. Right. Yeah. Um, Josh, just you know, yeah, uh, you can pre-order Earth. Uh, from Game Nerds for thirty four ninety seven. Oh man, I overpaid. Uh, but the expected <laughs> release date is May thirty first on there. Yeah, but I don't want to pay for timeliness because I have a hundred <laughs> games by me and never even played. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's thirty five bucks on Game Nerds, just so you know. I could probably cancel my order. You probably if I really can. Need to. <laughs> you probably can. So just so you know, that's an option. And like I said, on the Inside Up Games website, it's fifty bucks. Um, and they said that their pre orders will begin shipping April second. So. But yeah. Anyway, hey, enough of us talking about our pre-order board games. <laughs> I'm sure that's really fascinating listening for everyone. Uh, yeah, Josh, that's me. Holy Grail Games. I they love have, them. They have uh, shut their doors. I know what a freaking bummer. So, uh, as the studio shared via a blog post um, recently, that they have shut down. Um, on Holy Grail, if you just go to holygrail.games, you can read what is just a, their website now, which is basically just a page saying they have shut down where they um, lay out pretty specifically what happened um, and why they're shutting down and uh, what is going on there. Um, and, you know, to sum it all up as being like all the changes that happened in the world because of COVID, it's pretty much what happened to them. They just could not 
withstand the the increased cost of production of shipping of all of those things they just seems like just ran out of money um and now owe money and owe more than they have so they are going bankrupt um so they have entered the bankruptcy process that all their assets have been handed over to the government um and they will use those assets to pay off their creditors so that is what's happening with them they had to lay off their entire team um and that is that is it for them josh uh thoughts when you heard about this like i know you said you like holy grail games like what were your thoughts hearing about them having to shut down i always thought that they were like this big up and coming board game studio based on the games they were putting out they seem to have <clears throat> really high production quality which maybe is a part of the problem i don't know you know uh, but the game was always reviewed very well huh? um and you know i I know I was always just interested in what they do. So uh yeah, it stinks to see it stinks to see this happen to any studio, but to a studio that you've kinda like for me felt like this is one to watch is an extra bummer. Yeah. Yeah, it is disappointing. Um in, in reading their kind of post about what happened, it, it does seem kind of unfortunate that they had a shipping partner who was supposed to ship out their games for them and kind of handle like the logistics portion of it and it seems like that company didn't do a great job um yeah. but they were still like well too bad you still need to pay us um or we're just not gonna send out your other stuff so it, it did seem like they were in a, a pretty tough spot as far as that went and that you know fortunately or unfortunately they you know made a agreement with a company that didn't do great work for them and you know did probably enough to not be illegal but not as much as they probably should have um and kind of put them into a, a hole that they couldn't dig themselves out of so it's too bad you know especially like you said when it was a company that looked really promising had had done some really interesting games uh and just you know not quite able to turn the corner on it so i'm hoping they're not, not the or i'm hoping that we don't you know hear more stories about this in the future um it, it just seems like the publishing business was so hard for so long with covid that I, it makes me worry um that we might be hearing more of these soon that you know we people are able to manage to get through 2022 but now with the realities of 2023 sitting in uh they were just you know not able to continue so yeah yeah hopefully it's it is, not it more i did get my confirmation it is from inside up games um that game, I, I I backed it from them, so it is the Kickstarter version of their game. Okay, so I do feel better about that now. Gotcha. <laughs> so I'll get out. But it was more than fifty dollars. Yeah, but it comes with all the Kickstarter uh, add-ons. Interesting, well, interesting. Let's see here. And that was through Backer Kit. Hmm. Well, maybe I'll go to Backer Kit. So I'm just on their website, and it's just fifty dollars. Yeah, it was, uh, let me see if I can find it and I'll share it with you. This is what, yeah, you're right. This is what the people want to hear. This is what the people want, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Kickstarter goodies you have to add separately. It's an additional $15. It'd be like 65 bucks. That's what this is. I shared the link of what I did. And Okay, and, uh, let's see here. I know, listeners, this we'll is say, amazing, isn't it? I will it? say this, because um, we were talking, you were talking about, um, uh, about that uh, I, I have a couple of Kickstarters actually that are now at the mercy of Fun Again Games, which is a Kickstarter oh. backer who's shut their warehouse down. So now yeah. um, they did promise to fulfill their 
obligations, but I'm also now getting Kickstarter comments from the companies that I backed saying uh, Funigan is still not shipped out our games when they said they were. So I might not get a couple of my games that I backed. <laughs> what games were those? Do you remember? Uh, let's see. I can probably tell you because I should have Kickstarter ready to go. Oh, one of them is Octopus, Octopus Garden. I know that off the top of my head, which is a game I got from my wife. Um, and uh, I can't remember if Skyrise is one of them. Uh, or Star Realms. Ma, uh, shoot, I have so many. I couldn't tell you for sure. <laughs> um, uh, Octopus Garden for sure. And then, oh, Tranquility, The Ascent is, is also one of them. Gotcha. Um, and then I think either Mall Peak and or uh, Skyrise and Star Realms. I have a couple. Um, that are, are going through fun again. And I think fun again's done a lot of my Kickstarter deliveries. Mm. So uh, only like, I would say 50, 50 with quartermaster quartermaster logistics. Minus golden bell studios. <laughs> I <didn't count> that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. What is your longest outstanding Kickstarter right now? Outside uh, well, of swap. It isn't frost haven anymore. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> That one finally came through. Uh, my longest outstanding Kickstarter. Oh, well, I, I kickstarted a board, a video game. Did I tell you about this? The horror video game? No. Called Ghosts. It's by the people who made the movie Host uh, during the pandemic on Shudder. Okay. So they made a real-time FMV game with limited run games um, that can only be played live at certain times uh, oh yeah and it's it's with the cast from the movie host and the director from the movie host um and i did i get it on switch or steam i don't remember probably steam um that's my oldest and then i think my second oldest is tranquility this is that game that's stuck up at fun again uh, and then I have a bunch of other game, stuff coming after that. Gotcha. Where, uh, when was the video game one supposed to have uh, delivered? Let's see. I wonder if it says. Does it say in the campaign? I uh, it says if you're if you're looking at like your uh, February um... of 2022. Oh, okay. Well, only a year behind. <laughs> Um, yeah. my oldest one, or my most outstanding one, um, is Darwin's Journey. Oh, really? That not counting Swapfire because Swapfire obviously was supposed to be. Oh, yeah, Swapfire is in my list too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Darwin's Journey, which was supposed to be delivered in November of 2021. Yes. But I do That's... know that um that actually I just checked the tracking for it. The boat for it uh, arrived at port in Alabama. Oh, uh, like nice. Yesterday. So so that yeah so that should be. On its way soon. Uh, Chai Tea for Two was supposed to be delivered in February 2022. They haven't given us an update since November. Oh, no. So, that, so that's pretty exciting, <laughs> though they did have um, pictures of the, the prototypes then, but we haven't heard anything about that game since November. So that's not awesome. 
Um, and then everything else is outstanding. Uh, Foundations of Rome, the Roads of Fortune expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Fox Experiment um, and Sagrada nice. Artisan. Nice. So I have Thunder I have. Road Vendetta. Oh, you did get that. Yeah. I got Octopus Garden, uh, Mall Peak, Cattails from my wife, Wildwood Story. Uh, Beyond Mission to Planet Hex, Skyrise, Star Realms, Foundations of Rome, Sagrada, and I just backed Hollywood 1947, a movie making game of strategy and deception. Yeah, that game is on my. I have a, a watch for it, but it is over. Oh, is it? <laughs> well, there you go. Never mind. Watched over. <laughs> Watched over. There we go. I. I put watches all the time, all the time because that like makes me think like I feel like I did something, yeah. and usually that means I won't back it then because I like I feel <laughs> like I did something, um, so then it you know prevents me from spending the money. So I'm down with that. Sure. Okay, we're gonna jump in. We're gonna do one of our favorite segments. We're gonna do just a few of these uh, based on time. Um, answering the bird, the board gaming subreddits, most burning questions, Josh. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're just gonna go through a few of these questions here. Uh, see what Josh has to say about them um but josh here you go also you <laughs> i had myself um uh the this question from user i dance myself clean um weird that's a weird thought so josh <laughs> should you always play to win no oh uh yeah i think yeah you should always play to win but you shouldn't be mad if you don't win okay so when you say play to win like if you play a game for the first time and you know and you find a strategy you know that strategy works should you only ever use that strategy i right? mean that's up like, to you that's up to you if you think you can win in a different way or if it's not interesting to you like if you know like oh i know i'm gonna win if i play this way that's a you decision uh but i feel like i would get bored if i always played a game the same way yeah, and that, cause that's always my thing of like, am I always playing to win? I'm always trying to do my best, I guess is what. I, but like, I like playing new strategies and different strategies. And like, do I want to win? Like, I, I mean, I do. But also, like, if I want to win, like, I, I feel like that would confine me to like, if once I find like, hey, I know I can win playing this way. Like, theoretically, I should only play that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I think if like Tetris was a game, you could win every time if you played it the same way because you knew right. what pieces were dropping it would not be fun to play anymore even if you were playing to win even if you make mistakes right but right um in a situation where um you are playing and you could the outcome could be different every time you played even if you chose the same way to play i think you should still be trying to play to win yeah because I think there's because in the, like the responses to this, some people are like, "Well, trying new strategies counts." It's basically like just not throwing is what they're talking about, like not trying, like not Don't and I'm intentionally like, lose. Yeah, like intentionally or like king making or things like that. Like, yeah. Well, unless it makes your life better, then yeah, then lose yeah, your purpose. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know. You should always play it. Do you think you should always do that with like? Is there ever a situation where like with kids? Or with new people that like I don't let my son win. Okay. In fact, I I got up 
and left the room when he took two turns in a row in Jenga when he knew it was my turn. Oh, wow. And I said, uh, if you're not going to play right, who's going to want to play with you? Not me. And you left. <laughs> he, yes, that is exactly what happened. <laughs> and then I came back when he apologized. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, next question here from uh, Jakey Wakey 99, Josh. Is Dominion a niche board game? Oh, that's actually a good question from a guy with a silly name. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, It's like a niche of a niche. Like deck builders are a niche of a, a specific part of board games that not everyone. I uh, I don't know. I guess it really depends on how many who you're thinking of who is playing. Uh, some people think of Dominion when you say deck building game. That's the first game they think of, right? Some right. and most and some people don't. So I think it depends on who you're talking to. If you said deck building games and you asked me to list ten deck building games, I probably wouldn't even name Dominion. Oh, and really? Maybe, maybe it would be nine or ten because I just don't play it. Like I used to play it all the time. Um, and I'm not going to say it's not a good deck building game, but. Uh, there's so many expansions I haven't played. For me, I I feel like it's not, unless I'm talking to you, I don't know that people are talking to me about Dominion. Yeah. I think for me, the question is like, in what context? Is Dominion right. a niche board game when considering all board games and all people who play board games? Yes. Yeah. Is Dominion a niche board game in the hobby board game industry? No. Right. So that's where I think it just kind of depends on contextually, like what you're talking about as far as that goes. Cause yeah. like, you know, board gaming is a whole hobby, you know, is pretty niche, you know, when you get into the designer and the hobby board games. So, but if you're counting everyone who plays monopoly, then yeah, it is super niche. But if you're talking about just people who go to board game geek every day, then no, it's not, you know? So right. it, I think it just depends. So that's true. Good point. Josh, this is from, uh, Lebo, Leboka, Leboka. What would be the hardest game to cull from your collection and why? Century. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Uh, oh, boy. I have to think of games that don't have second or third editions because you'll always have another <laughs> version of it. I was going to say Century Golem Edition, right? But I also have Century Spice Road and vice versa. So I right. saw that experience. I was going to say Betrayal at House on the Hill. But there's three editions of that, so I have an out, or I have like a like a way to say that I don't have to get rid of it. Uh, I can't say Gloomhaven now because I have Frosthaven, or vice versa. So I'm trying to think of a game that I have like it's just so unique that I don't have another game like it. Maybe Seven Wonders. Right. I don't know that I could get rid of Seven Wonders um, because it. It definitely has games out there that are similar to it, but nothing that duplicates it. Although I guess I do have a second edition of Seven Wonders that is right better than the first. Edition. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, if we take out second editions, um, I'll say Betrayal at House of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, this is tough for me because I don't. I, I mean, I don't have like a really 
like you said, I don't have a game that's like really like hard to find, right? Like, yeah. um, so when I think of the games that I would get rid of, that would be harder for me to get rid of. It'd be the games that I first started playing that got really got me into the hobby, not Pandemic and Catan, because like those are not a big deal, but like, you know, Dead I think of, of like Power Grid and Terra Mystica and other games that like were the first games that really got me into the heavier games. But yeah. like, I can still, you can still go get those, right? So it's not like a huge deal. Um, so yeah, I think that would be, I don't know that I have a hard time calling any game other than the fact that I bear almost never call games. So maybe just in general, all games would be hard just for to me. have to do it to one yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So just a couple more of these and then we'll move on to talk about video games. Um, let's see here. Where is this? Okay, here we go. This is, I was like, there's one I was really looking for and we'll save that for the last one. Um, how important is a game's theme, setting, or story, in your opinion? Um, this is from Penkey. It's the least important thing to me. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. I enjoy it when it's there, but the game mechanics are number one. Yeah. I, I think that is... When it comes to board games, now I will say, um, story like a game like Sleeping Gods, the story is pretty important in that game, right? Like yeah. so, in in games like that, the story is very important. But there are very few games where that is true. Um, I think most board games, since not all of them, but most of them, I feel like are mechanisms first, story later. Some start as like the idea of a story, but then they're like, how do I express the story in mechanisms, right? Um, I just think that the mechanisms are so much more important for the most part than theme setting story that it it is overall not that important in the grand scheme of things. Because if it, it in a board game like in Sleeping Gods, if the story was great but the mechanics sucked, I'm not playing the game anymore. Right. You know. Yeah. I'll just read the book. <laughs> like, and, and if I think of it like if I take the board game aspect out of it, um. Because like Frosthaven has a story, I, I'm interested in the story. Same for yep. Gloomhaven, but my my fun and experience with the game is playing with friends and what we're doing in the interim. But if I'm thinking of like Pathfinder or D and D, like yeah, that's the number one most important thing because right. that's what's driving the gameplay. Uh, but I would I would kind of separate the tabletop RPG from the board game stuff in that situation. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Same page. Look at us go. All right, Josh. Last one from Bruno BHG. What makes uninteractive board games fun, i.e., Arc Nova Wingspan? Let me read wow. you their let me read you their <laughs> post. Okay. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm newish at this hobby and I'm still finding out what I like and dislike about games. And one topic still prevents me from buying some games that sound interesting to me, player interactivity. For some context, I played a lot of Hearthstone a few years ago, and one thing that always killed the fun of the game for me was interactivity. Sometimes your opponent would win, and there was almost nothing you could do about it. You're playing a slow deck against a one-turn kill combo. Too bad. Focus on your next match. This has made me unsure if games with lower player interactivity would be a good fit for me, despite being super interested in games like Arc Nova, Terraforming Mars, Scythe, etc., so, my question to more seasoned board gamers, why are games with low interaction fun to you? Oh, you know what I would tell this guy? 
get good, you <laughs> noob. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the hobby. Thanks. What for are you being doing, here. complaining about your deck not being good enough against some? Like, just change your strategy. It's not. It's not player interactivity. It's not games that don't have that. Like you're just looking at it with the wrong lens. Figure it out. That's what the part of the game. That's a gaming aspect of it. You game right. the game, my friend. that's the fun of it it's about constantly adapting to your opponents or the game it's not like i figured out this deck that works best for me and that's all i'm gonna do that's not gaming that's being stubborn and (laughs) just get married if that's what you want (laughs) like (laughs) that's a that's a marriage burn and a joke just in case anyone can hear me say that um uh, that it's I understand the question, but I think it's just coming from the wrong place. Like you need to I think like right away this person siloed themselves off from any constructive criticism because they're just they're putting these things into boxes. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm quoting some movie from something. Uh don't put things into boxes. Uh, it's all an even playing field. And if you do truly feel like you're playing a game that restricts you from being good at what you are playing, then don't play that game because you're never going to adapt to that because you don't want to. Right. It's like, I think about Marvel Snap a lot, right? I've changed my decks so many times. Right now I'm playing a Thanos deck. I'm very happy with it, but it's also very challenging to play. It is so hard to play this deck because people are always ready for you they're always waiting they don't you don't know who you're playing with until they drop an infinity stone and that's me i'm the guy dropping this right and then they're like aha i have my killmonger i've been saving it <laughs> like yeah 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 yeah. like you have to adapt and, and if that deck if i wasn't enjoying playing this deck mm-hmm. which i am i would stop playing it because i would then stop enjoying the game the game right. is not built around me to make right. my Thanos deck fun and exciting and powerful. It is built around saying, Josh, guess what? You lost 15 matches in a row. Maybe change your deck <laughs> or stop whining about it. Like, uh, uh, you just need to, and going into board gaming, cause I think it's such a different animal because board games aren't made that way. Right. Um, you just have to have a different mindset, especially if you're new to the hobby. Um, you got to go in with an open mind and then find out what your game is. Maybe your game is deck builders. Maybe it's not. Maybe your game is euros. Maybe it's not, but find out what's working for you that you're going to have fun with. But I mean, don't, don't put that on yourself and don't put that on anyone you play with. Cause you're not right. going to be fun to play with. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Got caught by surprise in a game of Marvel Snap today. Um, what what the heck is the location that it just puts four copies of the thing there? Oh yeah, the when you play and, one card, it plays four copies yeah, of the it card. Just fills it with copies of it. Anyway, yeah. doesn't matter. So somebody did that and they put Wolverine there, and I'm like, what are they doing? I was like, I like, I was so confused. I like, they, I sat there. I'm like, I don't well, the only works for regenerate. What? And I was like, I don't understand like what they're doing. So I sat there. I'm like, I don't get this. I don't understand. Like, I was like on my back foot. I'm like, are they just bad? Like, what right. are they doing? I don't understand. 
Uh, and then on turn six, they play Galactus. And I was like, oh. son of a gun. I didn't even think about it. I never thought about That's it. That's a pretty good play. <laughs> I know. I was, and I lost. And I was like, that was a really good play. Because yeah. I was like, why? I, like the idea of Galactus, like I hadn't, I haven't seen a Galactus in so long that I was like, I never even thought that, that what, <laughs> what this person was doing. Because I'm like, why would you put four Wolverines on that spot? It doesn't make any sense. There's nothing, there's no good way to get rid of him. And there is. That's the way. <laughs> and I just didn't think about it. But anyway, um, so yeah. But Marvel Snap aside. So what makes this um, post so interesting to me is that interaction in board games or interactions in games is often thought of like directly, like I do something that impacts your ability to do something, right? Like yeah. you're playing a card, so I play a card that interacts with that or I deal damage directly to you or I do something like that, right? But I think what's people don't always think about is that there is a ton of interaction in board games like terraforming marv and arc nova because i have to look at what you're trying to do and recognize whether or not i'm going to try to do that or something different right because if we are going for the same resources even though we're not directly like doing like you are taking cards or playing cards that give you the advantage in that area that maybe i can't catch up to so does it make sense for me to continue to go down that path or do i need to pivot and do something else right like the interaction is just different in how it works and building, especially in games like Arc Nova, Terraforming Mars, Scythe to a lesser extent, your ability to build that engine is what like is for me so exciting and engaging, right? It's like looking at what you're doing, figuring out what you're trying to do and thinking like, okay, I can see potentially what you're trying to do. How can I do either that plan better or if I can't do that plan better, what can I do different that will be better in the end than what you're trying to do? So there is still interaction. It's just not the direct interaction of me messing up your thing by playing a card um, and throwing, you know, throwing a stick in your tire, right? Like it's me trying to outmaneuver you in the plays that I'm making, in the engine that I'm building, in the resources that I'm going for, all that good stuff. Um, so that's what the thing. Like there is still player interaction. It just is, yeah. it's different. Um, I think though. Um, <laughs> one person's response to this i thought was hilarious they're like when a game gives you nothing but bad choices and you have to figure out which one is the least bad i absolutely adore it when a game does that well <laughs> yeah that's great i do, i do appreciate that too that's fun yeah, because so it, you're against yep. all odds and you have to make the best worst decision yeah you're like what is the best what is the least bad choice i can make right now yeah and, yep. and what is the next least bad choice i can make after that so yeah it's pretty great cool well hey that's what the board game subreddit has been wondering about obviously you know we'll we'll continue to jump back in there from time to time because there's always some good nuggets in there about what and questions so all right we're gonna move on and talk a little bit about video games um and we're gonna start with uh this that there uh nintendo direct they did what josh they did a nintendo direct who would have thought that would happen i know (laughs) xbox did a developer direct Nintendo did a Nintendo Direct. PlayStation sent some Talked tweets about, about PSVR two. <laughs> sent some tweets about <laughs> PSVR two that apparently nobody cares about. So, yay! Being a PlayStation fan, it's a great place to be right now. Um. Anyway, and they uh, put Josh, out a Hogwarts Legacy controller that you can't buy. They did anywhere, that. No, so that you can buy for like triple good. the price. Yeah, yeah, you can buy for like triple the price on eBay right now. It's great. <laughs> um, Josh, did you watch this uh, fancy Nintendo Direct? I did, yes. What were your thoughts? It was good. The end. 
<laughs> okay. Any standouts for you? Do, I mean, we don't. There was a lot of stuff in there, so we don't have to go through every game. But like anything yeah, that yeah. stood out to you? Anything that uh, made you be like, "Hey, this looks pretty cool." I mean, I'm so intrigued um, by the Dead Cells Castlevania uh, content. Uh, right, I know. I loved Dead Cells so much, so I really feel like I'm gonna pick this up just to kind of get myself back into Dead Cells as well. And like, I have such a love for Castlevania. Um, that looked good. Standout wise, uh, I I'm shocked that I'm relatively interested in a Pikmin game for the first time in my life. Okay, Josh. Now I need to say, you say you're relatively interested for the first time in your life. Have you played Pikmin before? No, I have never played it before. I've never been interested. Yeah, I've never I've never played a Pikmin either. Uh, and I was like, okay, so this is Pikmin with a dog. Oh, the dog is, didn't sway me. I know it probably swayed you. <laughs> well, it did sway me a little bit, but yeah. it's Pipkin with a dog-ish type animal. But like, yeah, yeah. what? I don't. Really, I think it like, just looks really good, and I think the game mechanic looks interesting. Okay. I just feel bad. Like, do all do this? Like, when you like send the Pikmin to go do the thing, and you have to have like a number of them to do it. Do they just do all they die? die? Yeah. <laughs> Is it like lemmings? <laughs> right. Like, are they just dead then? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure Kevin Kevin Austin can. I know Kevin Austin can tell us. I I just Gordon tell us. That'd be sad. Um, uh, What else stuck out to me? I'll tell you one thing that stuck out to me: how bad Splatoon Three looks. I'll say that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know what is going on with that game, Um, and I'm just going to move on from that because. Okay, I am. I know I'm not a smart person, and I I swear I am not trying to be. You are a smart person. Let's not. No, I'm each not other. a smart person, and I, I'm not trying to be like. <laughs> you a are going for your doctorate. You're a smart person. <laughs> like okay. So in Splatoon three, they, they announced their expansion pass. Yes. And in the expansion pass, you can go to Incopolis, which was from the original Splatoon. But it's in black and white now. <laughs> well, no, that's Wave two. That's side. Oh, that's a separate thing. So like, but what else can you do? Like, are the like. When you if you like matchmake from there, like the maps from like Splatoon oh, one, yeah, there like I, what I else does it do? Yeah, from the video, it just looks like you can run around in it and buy weapons from it, but there's no like gameplay from it. So like literally, the DLC is you can go to a different hub, and that's and that's the whole DLC. Everything well, else would, is the same. I would hope that there's more, but yeah, as far as the trailer goes, it doesn't tell you if there's more to it. And if you're maybe if you're a Splatoon person and you're playing a lot of Splatoon, it makes sense to you. But I was like so confused watching this. I was like, okay, so I can go to that hub world. Yeah. But then what? Right. Right. Yes. So please, someone listener, tell like I I genuinely like inform am confused. us. As to like what you do then. <laughs> like, Donnie listens. Donnie, you tell us. Tell us in the Discord what that Splatoon thing is because it doesn't make sense. I agree with Kyle for once. We're always at odds with each other, but I finally agree with him. Um, <clears throat> Disney's Illusion Island. Um, yeah. Uh, I really like this new art style. I don't think it's appropriate for children, but I get a pass because I have a child and it's on Disney Plus. So I just make him watch it anyways. Okay. Uh, it's like it's like Ren and Stimpy. Um, a little bit, yeah. There's like murder and zombies and nudity. Uh, it's very odd. Okay. Um, but I really like it. And I like that the art style is living in this game. 
this Illusion Island game. I like that it's four players. Uh-huh. And now that my son's getting a little bit more, I didn't mention that I'm playing Minecraft earlier, but we're playing Minecraft together now. Um, I think I mentioned it last time we recorded. Uh, yes, because I said we were both five-year-olds playing Minecraft who don't know how to play it. Uh, but yeah, I'm interested in this uh, game where we can play the three of us together cooperatively and hope that we're not just relying on my son and that he'll just be carried through the level with us. <laughs> <laughs> but that could be a bummer if that's not the case. Um, I feel like it looked like there was like uh, a bubble effect type thing. Like, yeah, I, I, hope I feel so. like that existed. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I, I know that they showed Sea of Stars. I intentionally didn't watch the Sea of Stars stuff because I did um, um, back this oh, okay. project. Yeah. So I know I'm already getting it. Um, and I know it has like Chrono Trigger roots in it. And that's all I need to, that's all I need to know. Right. I'm just excited to play it. Um, so I've kind of been uh, avoiding all content, uh, from it because it's one of the few RPGs I'm excited about, um, in a, in a long time. Um, and I'm kind of getting a little bit warmer on Metroid prime, uh, remaster based on what i'm seeing people sharing and playing but i never liked it uh on the gamecube but i'm curious if it's because of the control or maybe i'll like it better on the switch but i don't know your last episode when i asked you what was going to be the highest scoring game of the year whether it was going to be uh the uh legend of zelda tears of the kingdom or the field then we both took Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, yeah, Metroid yeah, yeah. Prime might make us wrong about that. <laughs> it might. You're right. It might. Um, it might. How much and is then, it? How much is it? It's 40 bucks. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, see. Because I listened maybe. to Nintendo Shack and I heard him talk about it. So I did I did hear that on Nintendo Shack. With new host, Donnie Reese. That's and right. old host, so old, old, host. old Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> She's so old. She's so um, old. And then I guess, I mean, I don't need to talk about um, Breath of the Wild too, but we can talk about it if you want to. Uh, are you going to play it? No, it looks terrible. <laughs> the, do you genuinely think that or are we just, are we leaning into our reputation? Do you genuinely think it looks terrible? Uh, no, I don't think it looks terrible. I think it looks terrible for a game released in 2023, though. <laughs> and I'm also kidding still. It looks fine. Um, I just worry about how it will run on the Switch. I think what they showed looks good. I just worry about how it will run. Um, I'm sure it will look great on my OLED. And my wife is interested. And now, I, I'm going to be honest, Like watching my wife play um, Hogwarts Legacy, she's really finally starting to pick up the... Dual analog? dual analog which she yeah. has such had such a hard time with especially with pokemon yeah so i think my my real goal is when she's done with hogwarts i'm gonna rebuy breath of the wilds okay and i think we're both gonna give it another go um but my expectation is she'll probably pick it up more than i will and then we'll get tears of the kingdom on the next switch because right? that makes more sense to oh me. so you're because not gonna get it in may no, I won't get it this year. Okay. Um, but what if I, she, after playing Breath of the Wild, really wants to play it? She won't finish Breath of the Wild this year. That <laughs> would be. Know. I mean, I would. 
be so proud, <laughs> but I don't <laughs> think that will happen. Oh, in Pro- Power Pros Baseball, I have to get because um, it's basically. Did you ever play extra innings on the uh, Super Nintendo? I did. Uh, no. Was that when I played King Griffey Jr.? Uh, no, that was N64, was Griffey Jr. Was it? So. Uh, extra innings was on the was on the Super Nintendo, and it was Chibi Little League baseball players, but they were uh, they were like fictional baseball teams, and you could change the names of every character on the team. So we would put our own names in, and you would play full seasons in it. No, Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball from 1994. That is the that on was Super on Super Nintendo? Nintendo. Yep, that is the Nintendo baseball game I played. What was there also the one in sixty four? What's that? Was there also one on N64? Uh, maybe. Oh, there was also one on N64. Okay, sorry. yeah. That's what I was thinking of. I was like, I sw- I'm like, I swore I played a King Griffey Jr. baseball game. That was what I played on Super Nintendo. I didn't know there was one on SNES. Yeah, because yeah, they also had, because King Griffey Jr.'s winning run was also on SNES. Oh, Super Nintendo, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah I, I did play that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But now, yeah, we played extra innings. Um and it was basically what this baseball game is. And Donnie said it's only a dollar uh, oh. on the eShop, so uh, I need to get it. But yeah, extra innings uh, on the SNES was, was the game. Excellent. Well, it seems like overall that was a pretty solid direct for you then. Yeah, yeah. They had a lot of great stuff. Um, probably the better than intended directs for me mm-hmm. in the past like eight months. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't need to rehash any of the things that you talked about. Um, I think just things that you didn't mention that I was potentially interested in. Um, where is this thing? Do, 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 do. Oh, um, Harmony, the Fall of Reverie. Um, okay, the new yeah. um, game from Life is Strange, the, the Life is Strange team. Uh, I, I really like their, I like Life is Strange. I think their games are good. Um, so that is interesting to me to see that their next game, especially art style wise and stuff, it, it looks very different than what they've done in the past. Um, and then with also um, the music for the game is from the composer of Celeste, which is pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So that is definitely something I am, I am looking forward to. So that is up there um, as one thing that was a surprise to me. Um, just to echo Disney Illusion Island, I think was great. Uh, are you an Advanced Wars person at all? I've never played Advance Wars. So it yeah, seems like it's up my alley though. It's a tactics based yes. game, right? Yeah, it seemed it seemed like a, a U game, which is why I was asking. Uh and then yeah, Sea of Stars also um definitely that I'm big on. Um any thoughts on Game Boy and Game Boy Advance coming to Switch Online? I went and checked it out. I went onto my Switch to look at them and there's no games I want to play. Like yeah. I can play Tetris Effect. I don't need to play. <laughs> uh, but I will say this. Did you watch the trailer for Tetris? Because that looks awesome. The movie, oh, I did the movie Tetris? Yeah. It looks so good. Yeah, it does. Uh, I agree. I do want to ask you, um, why do you think in 2023 we're allowing people to release Tron Identity? Why are we not allowing Tron? I mean, Disney World has the Tron ride opening this year. That game looks so bad. <laughs> what, what why put the money? It? Why what put the money? everything okay it's it is a text-based narrative switch game 
none of that none of that appeals to any switch players well, it's tron was... so you got to be 40 years old to know what it is that's true it is kind <laughs> of weird that tron X-Base, is still a thing i agree so you gotta be agree 60 that... years old to know what yeah. it is <laughs> yeah it doesn't it, make sense to me it is a unique it is a different game, not one that you'd expect to see. You know, Bithel Games has done some cool stuff in the past. Um, I really like Thomas Was Alone. Um, you know, I, I never played John Wick Hex, uh, but I know others liked it. Sure. Uh, so Bithel Games does some interesting stuff. Uh, I, I always am skeptical as to the level of uh, popularity of the Tron IP. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> think many... I Like, I see it at stuff, right? Like, And the fact that, you know, like I said, that... Disney World is opening a Tron roller coaster. That seems it, really cool to me, though. I, it, does, really I mean, there, it that. looks great. It looks really <laughs> yeah. cool. But it, the fact that that of all things they could do, Tron was the thing they decided yeah. to do. That just is kind of <laughs> you know. So Tron Light Cycle Run. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I, I mean, maybe it'll be a good game. I know you're not a you're not a big like text adventure game anyway, though, right? Like you don't like no. narrative adventure games. <laughs> no, so no. <laughs> so I think that that just game isn't for you, Josh, and that's okay. Not every yeah, game that needs is to be okay. For you. It doesn't. Yeah, nothing. Not everything has to be for me. Right. I'm preaching I mean, to the choir. For you or for me, though, no other games are allowed. They have to be for you or me. Well, uh, that we but... talk about at least. Yeah. <laughs> So I was pretty surprised that there's another Samba the Amigo game. Like I was really shocked that that, that that's going to be a thing still. But um, yeah. So anyway, I, I agree, though. I thought it was a pretty <laughs> interesting direct. There was a lot of different things. Uh, like always, you know, Nintendo brings stuff that so surprises me, uh, that kind of like I get excited about, and stuff that I just don't understand. And I feel yes. like that, like if those three things happen, we can call it a good direct. Um, and that totally happened in this direct. So I think it's yeah. a good direct. So, for sure um but yeah i'm oh man i am really really interested to man do i try breath of the wild again for like the fifth time no don't do it to yourself i don't really have the time probably <laughs> is the unfortunate thing so maybe i'll ask erica to play it and see what she thinks of it so there you go okay josh anything else about the nintendo direct now why do we need game boy games <laughs> <laughs> i don't know josh um okay so then what i wanted to do with you josh um is two things before we wrap up the show here our short what, show what's that our short episode our short our short episode that's right <laughs> well for you know the monthly episodes this will be a short one um because they've been like two and a half hours we'll all see. time <laughs> so josh the first thing i wanted to do um for those of you who don't know listeners um, psvg does an open critic um or a fantasy critic competition each year um, that Josh and I participate in. So, Josh, I just wanted to check in with you on the status of your fantasy critic roster. Um, sure. What you think about it, what your thoughts are. I have it here. If you don't have it up, I can tell you what it is. I got, I got the app. I'll just pull open the app. Okay. Um, so, listener, then, while Josh pulls that up, here are the games that Josh currently has on his roster for fantasy critic, if you're not familiar, basically I don't feel just a, good about one of them. <laughs> okay, uh, basically just like fantasy football or fantasy sports for video games. Basically, games that score seventy or higher, um, you get points for. Anything below seventy, you lose points for. Um, and then there's just guidelines about like how many games you can pick. Like we also have guidelines about you have to have something in a new franchise. You have a flex option for like expansions and things like that. But right now, Josh's games that he has are Street Fighter Six, Warhammer Forty Thousand Space Marine Two. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Uh, we'll skip this one and go back to it because I'm guessing it's something you don't feel so good about. Uh, Redemption <laughs> Reapers and uh, Redfall. Yes. Um, in addition, Josh picked the day before 
um, which we have now learned might not even really be a game. <laughs> we'll see. But Who nobody's knows? counterpicked you on it yet. I know. I should probably drop it before they hear this it. episode. <laughs> I know. You should probably <laughs> drop it. Um, and then your counterpick is Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl. And this is a game that you're basically saying either isn't going to come out or if it does, is going to score below a 70. Um, that somebody else has picked that game as part of theirs. So, Josh, other than the day before, uh, what are your thoughts? How are you feeling about your lineup? Um, what are you, not that you need to reveal like your your strategies for fillings. You have two slots available to you still to, to add games throughout the year. You know, what are you, how are you feeling? What are you thinking as far as are you looking at games regularly to add? Um, kind of what are, what are you thinking about stuff? Yeah, if you want to know my, know my strategy, um, I'm just kind of watching YouTubers um, cover uh yet to be released games uh sometimes it doesn't work out because it ends up being an early access game and i can't uh bid on it because they have restricted early access games which i get um but uh stalker 2 was auto picked for me i probably wouldn't have counter picked that because i feel like it's gonna score probably in the 70s i don't think it's yeah. a bad counter pick but it's not a great counter pick um yeah. But the day before, it's funny because I had been looking at this game last year. In fact, I had it last year. And then I had uh-huh. to drop it before I got um, um, cut. And then uh, I had just like heard someone was talking about it, but it wasn't before these rumors of it being a fake game. Um, and I had realized nobody bid it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to scoop it up. And I did. And I was like, perfect. Because it looks like the division meets... Um, World War Z, like PUBG kind of style game. And then the the day after I picked it up, all these rumors started coming out, literally the day after I picked it up, about it being a <laughs> fake shovelware game. And I was like, oh no. But then like two days later, they released um, gameplay, but the gameplay was so... Um, uh, uh, empty <laughs> that I was also skeptical... I'm going to hold on to it for a little bit. If someone counterpicks it, so be it. Um, but I, the game is still technically slated to release this year. I don't think I have to drop it until like August, September, if I want to drop it. Right. Um, Unless somebody counterpicks you. And if they counterpick me, that's fine. Like, good on them. That's a good call. If you counterpick me, like, uh, uh, I'll be mad. I'm not uh, going but, to. But it's a good, It's it'll be a good play on your side. Um, and then Redemption Reapers is a game I kind of stumbled onto and it looks really cool. It's a tactics based game and there's not a lot out there. And based off of how well Midnight Suns is doing, I really feel like people are going to want another tactics game, um, that maybe isn't Marvel heavy. And this is more like the JRPG style. Uh, Warhammer games always review high because it's a very specific demographic. So I'm pretty confident in a Warhammer. Uh, honestly, I think uh, Street Fighter Six is probably my biggest gamble. Because if it comes out like Street Fighter Five came out, it could be terrible. I don't think it's going to. I think I think that's a solid, solid pick. I hope I so. Gonna, I, I am worried score. about it, though. I am worried about it. But uh, otherwise, uh, Redfall, I, that's... That's gonna be that's a you know it's Bethesda it's gonna be between seventy and eighty five, so that that'll get me a good amount of points, but not not the highest amount of points. <laughs> Does Redemption Reapers really come out the twenty second? Supposedly, yeah. Dang. Okay. Yeah, and then I also have like a dragon, um, 
And as we can see with the new one, Ishin, that just came out, they're going to score high. That's another yeah, like default well. score high game. So uh, I feel good about that one too. Any so our for like I said I don't want you to give too much away. Obviously, like I said, you still have those two slots left. You said yeah. you're kind of watching YouTubers. Are you thinking this is going to be summer? You're probably going to look at picking something coming out and fall up. Is that kind of or are you just keeping yourself open that if you know in a month we hear about this really unique neat thing, you're just going to jump in? Unless something like really comes out of the blue, I'm probably not even going to look to bid on games until after E3. Okay, because gotcha. just so much stuff is going to come out after yeah all right well josh i think you're in good position i think you i think you're in good shape um we'll see how yeah, things go what do, what do you got yeah so what i have josh my strategy was slightly different than yours i last year i had this really unfortunate situation that like almost none of the games <laughs> I picked came out so like uh-huh. i was in rough shape and i said this year i was going to try to remedy that and then i didn't i got still get went risky with my picks i think um and i also kind of I didn't want to forget to add things, so I have picked up a number of games in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I only have one spot available right now. But the games I that I have, that, like huh? I said, yeah, <laughs> if the games come out, that's the big thing. I think I'll be okay. So here are the things that I currently have on my list. First one being the one that probably is going to really mess me over. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, right? Come on, end of the year. Uh, that's winter. That's winter. <laughs> we'll see. Winter 23. Uh, Armor Chord 6, Fires of Rubicon. That's a solid pick, yeah. Uh, the Last of Us multiplayer game. Not not going to come out this year. We'll see. So <laughs> this next one, um, I got reached out to about Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Um, something must have changed with the tag with it because I was able to pick it up. Yeah. Because it was valid. But now suddenly it says it's invalid. Um, so it must have had a tag change because they won't let you pick up games that are ineligible based off the tags that we've approved um so I, t- I talked to garrett about it he said he, i can keep it because it was in my original draft it wasn't well, something you should I be later. able to keep it yeah i i can i am yeah. able to keep it yeah so but it does say that it's ineligible if you look at my list That's but weird. like i said i drafted it initially so i don't know why it would let me draft something if it wasn't eligible and it was not highlighted like this until like a week ago so anyway so kirby's return to dreamland deluxe um and then i picked up um for one dollar each hyperlight breaker steam world build and nice. stellar blade that's so I still have $97 for my final pick. <laughs> so I still have. Or if I decide to drop something and pick something else up. Yeah. Um, and my counter pick then is Metroid Prime 4 because I just don't think it's coming out this year. Oh, it's definitely not coming out this year. That's yeah, a good so that's my pick. counter pick. So for me, I feel pretty good about my list. I have a good mix of kind of like AAA games along with some, I think, more beloved Ill- indies. I think Stellar Blade is a big risk. Stellar Blade might completely crash and burn, and I'm not set on it yet. I picked it up because I knew I could get it for a dollar, and I just wanted to sit on it and see what I decide. Um, I still might potentially um, drop that one because I think that game looks amazing, but I also love third-person action games, and not everyone does. I love your Bayonettas and things like that. So so we'll see. Um, but I think Hyper Life Breaker, you know, from the folks who did Hyper Life Drifter, you know, people love that game. SteamWorld games tend to do well. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, I think really it's going to be, does Final Fantasy come out? this last of us multiplayer come out um and then armor core you know does it score like you know their their souls games have as of recent i i think i might be okay but we'll see uh, Kyle, but like Stella you blade this i game, think it looks really fun josh it, it looks might as, be a sleeper it looks hit. as pretend as the day before oh it does not it does not it We've looks like it uh times. bright memory rebirth or whatever that game was right memory infinite yeah yeah don't uh, i don't know about this one you might want <laughs> i know I, like i said i got it for a dollar i'm okay i can drop it stuff unless somebody counter picks me nobody has yet um i have two of my games counter picked but it's not that one <laughs> so 
you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I just wanted to. Yeah. As a friend, I'm telling you, drop this. <laughs> you sometimes you have to take a risk, you know. Okay. Um, I am bummed I didn't get that cells return to Castlevania though. That was actually pretty high on my my draft list. Yeah, that's list. a good one. And, and you know, Sean Capri got it. So, ugh. anyway. Uh, so yeah, so like I said, I probably am in the same boat that you are. Something would have to drastically change for me to pick anything up prior to E3. Um, I only have one spot left, and like I said, unless I drop Stellar Blade, um, so something would have you to change it. pretty soon. Dude, this game looks so bad. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You, like, you you're t- that game looks so it. fun. It looks so fun, Josh. All right. <laughs> it looks so fun. I keep telling myself that just to believe it. Okay. okay. So that's where we're at. We'll keep you up to date as things go on, but you're welcome to follow our league if you want to. Um, on Fantasy Critic. If you are on Fantasy Critic, um, it's just the PSVG League. Um, and you can see how we're all doing, or not doing. Because um, some of us, you know, may not me, um, but there's a couple of people whose counter picks did not pay off for them already this year. No, so yeah, we'll see. I have counter picks. Hogwarts all right, Josh. One of those. <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to do before we kind of wrap shows up is just talk about uh, all the recent releases and upcoming releases and just kind of how things have been scoring re- recently. Um, just to kind of see where you're at as far as um, anything you're interested in, not interested in, kind of all that good stuff. Um, so if we go back, um, all the way back to, I think probably the first thing we would talk about would be that Metroid Prime remaster, which came out back on February 8th. Um, Josh, that game on Open Critic is sitting at a 96 right now. It's pretty impressive. That is really impressive. What is it you talked about potentially wanting to play it? Um what are you thinking for sure you will before the end of the year is this a game that you think has gotten enough hype because that you think you do need to play it as it might be on an end of the year list like what are you thinking about metroid prime remastered i just had this thing where i always ask myself do i like metroid and this is a different metroid i know and and this was a game that i didn't really give a fair shake because i really just didn't like the controls yeah um i did i did own it when it came out on the gamecube and i just didn't like it um so i don't know but i mean it does it looks it looks very good and it's getting like obviously high praise about how well it controls and looks and um it's just because it's a nintendo game it's nice that it's 40 dollars, right because if it was 60 dollars, i'd be a definite no right at least for now but i can't say i won't have it before the end of the year because if we hit a lull in like may june july i might pick it up like especially when i go on vacation to the beach wouldn't be a bad game to play like an hour of a day sitting on the couch in the beach house or something but um i'm undecided at the time yeah so i think i mean i'd say i'd pick it up when it goes on sale but we know it's a nintendo it's game, not so gonna never go on sale, sale. <laughs> um i yeah i think that there will probably be a day where suddenly i have a hankering to play this i'll just buy it and download it and play it like yeah. i yeah. i'm don't know that I'll buy it before then, but I have no doubt that at some point this year I will play this game. So, but it does, it looks really good. It, they did a nice job with it. Um, obviously, it's receiving a ton of praise. So, it is something I would like to try. Um, obviously, we've both been playing Hogwarts Legacy. It's sitting in an 84 right now. Um, do you good. think that 84, would you agree with that score? What are your thoughts overall? Yes, no, higher, lower? I'd give it a higher, but I think 84 is good for based off of, I'm sure, what it's going through review wise. What would you give it? I'm probably a 90 right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm in that 80 to 85 range. So I think for me, that's kind of right where um, I would put it is right at that 84-ish rate. So I think that's pretty, 
reasonable or, or kind of in line with my thoughts. Um, Josh, are you familiar with this game, Blanc? Uh, yeah, it's that weird black and white game, yeah. Yeah. So it's currently sitting at a 73. Um, it's only out on Switch and PC right now. Um, it, it It's actually a game I wouldn't mind playing, though, because it is co-op. Um, so if it came to something else um i yeah. think it's something that the partner and i might sit down and play because i i don't need something that's super complicated um just a straightforward co-op that takes you know three four or five hours typically down for so it, it doesn't need to be you know the a 10 out of 10 for me to, to get a good time out of that as a result but yeah so um one of the surprises is a game that i have disappointed i have not picked up yet yeah uh, theater rhythm final bar line um Sitting yeah. at 87 right now. I yeah. love me a rhythm game. I really <laughs> do love rhythm games. Uh-huh. Um, and I just, uh, man, I, I really like them. And I might end up having to pick this up because I, I don't know that I want to pay the full price for it. Because I don't know if I'm going to get that much enjoyment out of it. Um, but it, it, it is definitely um, has my attention as far as games go. Because that's a much higher score than I anticipated for it. So... Josh, any interested theater rhythm final bar line? No, not even. That's what I figured. Clips. That's what I figured. <laughs> um, and then Wild Hearts uh, is sitting at an eighty. You've played it. Does that seem pretty um, reasonable to you? Is that kind of where you would figure it sit? Yeah, it feels like an eighty. Cool. Um, and then, as you mentioned, like a dragon Ishin, which is coming out uh, in just a couple days. Actually, the day you're listening to this, this game comes out. Um, is sitting at an eighty-two. Josh, any desire to play like a dragon Ishin? boy i mean i would like to try one of these games at some point but the i think the entry level to where you should start is so confusing i, I don't know that i ever will gotcha okay that makes sense that makes, <laughs> it, it is a dense um series to get into for sure because there's so many games yeah um and then atomic heart also comes out um on the 21st though we don't have reviews for that yet um rise call of the mountain josh sitting at an 81 thoughts on uh this and vr entry and it's 81 hey uh, i am happy that it's getting that score as a lover of the horizon franchise but man i watched that review trailer and uh i think it looks horrible <laughs> uh just vr climbing uh and they ign was pretty specific like it's like 80 percent of the game is like climbing yeah it is a climbing uh, game i don't i don't need that I've yeah. I have Horizon to do that, and uh, and uh, there's already enough people complaining about the climbing in Horizon regular <laughs> games. Um, yeah, but now you got to move your arms, Josh. Move, I was really just hoping it was going to push me to want to get a PSVR two, and it really just cemented me that I don't need one right now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it sounds like in listening to reviews and stuff that if you are someone who enjoys climbing games in VR, like the climb and things like that, sure. like you might really enjoy this game. And if you're yeah. not into those things, you probably won't really enjoy this game. So yeah, it's not it's not for me, the Horizon fan, but that's yeah. okay. Like so. we discussed earlier. <laughs> um, what well, might be a surprise, uh, but maybe I don't think it was a surprise to you, obviously based off the score. Octopath Traveler Two is sitting at eighty six. Josh, I think that's that seems right. Yeah. People yeah. are really liking it. It's a little higher than the last one was. Um, so sitting up there pretty good. So, And does that make you have a stronger desire to play Octopath Traveler 2? I've always had the desire to play the first one, and I just never got around to it. Even yeah. with it being on, on Game Pass, um, I just never found the time to do it. So I want to play the first one first, which yeah. I hope to do someday. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, and that's kind of it as far as things that have scores right now. Obviously, 
Um, you know, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Ducks does come out this week as well. Um, like I said, Atomic Heart comes out this week. Um, Destiny ha- 2 has their Lightfall expansion at the end of February. But then it's kind of quiet, really, until Resident Evil 4 Remake in, in the end, towards the end of March. So we have a little bit of time to hopefully get some of these games played, which is pretty exciting. So, cool. Anything else, Josh, about uh, current upcoming past video games? What a time to be alive. I know, right, man? There's so many <laughs> games to play. It's ridiculous. And the beginning of the year in is February, now... Out yeah, of all the, the beginning of the year is just so... So many good games at the beginnings of the year these days. So... One year since Horizon came out, which is ridiculous to think. Crazy. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, with that, then we'll move towards wrapping up the show. Uh, any questions this week, Josh? No questions. That's okay. Okay. That is okay. I don't think we really asked either. No, we didn't ask. Okay. So, well, with that, we're obviously a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you one recommendation, suggestion, or thing we are currently into that's helping us live a well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for the dear listeners this week slash month? Hey, I didn't put it in my thing, but I'll say it now. Um... Uh, HBO Max has a show. It's hosted by Andrew Zimmerman. Zimmern. I just I always used to call him Andrew Zimmerman. I don't know why. <laughs> um, which I told my wife, like uh, him and Anthony Bourdain are the two people who built the Travel Channel on their own backs with Bizarre Foods, um, and anything An- Anthony Bourdain did. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, it's nice to see him back. I know he's still working, but I don't always see Andrew Zimmerman do stuff. Um, I think he did the, the Netflix Iron Chef, or he did something recently. Yeah, he was one of the judges on Iron, yes. the Iron Chef on um, Netflix. Yep. So uh, he has a new show on HBO Max, which also helped me discover an old show I didn't know he did, which is good. So I got two recommendations coming at you. This is Family Restaurant. There's only one episode so far. But it's rated G, so I was like, I can watch this with my son. And he goes and he features uh, restaurants run by families. And it kind of goes into the story of the family. The first episode he did is a family in Pennsylvania, an Italian family from Naples. It was fascinating. Really well done documentary style show um, where you see the histories of these small restaurants that serve, you know, highest quality foods and experiences, which led us to discover his other show called Family Dinner, which I was not aware of. There's three seasons of that on HBO Max. Um, In the first episode we watched, I was going to watch episode one, but my wife saw episode two was called The Von Trapp Family, so I was (laughs) obligated to watch that. So we watched that one first. Um, which is a, is in Stowe, Vermont, somewhere we can actually go to. So we might actually make a trip to check that place out. Um, but that shows um, families, fa- famous families so far that we've seen um, uh, and their stories and how they celebrate food and family. Uh, just very wholesome TV. Uh, really enjoyable what we watched so far. And I'll give a little shout out to Animal Control with Joel McHale, which is now on Hulu. Um, it probably is going to get canceled, but the first episode was pretty good. So we get all thrown through your recommendations this week. <laughs> all right. Uh, do you know that uh, Andrew Zimmern uh, currently uh, lives in Minneapolis? Oh, cool. Yeah, he, he's from New York initially. He was part of that whole, uh, yeah, that that group um, with Anthony Bourdain of um, 
hard nose, like hard living restaurant lifestyle people. And he uh, yeah. moved to Minnesota. I don't, know, I don't know why I know these things, but he moved to Minnesota for um, treatment for alcohol and drug addiction. Oh, okay. Um, and then stayed. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> so he actually lives in Minneapolis now, but um, he's had multiple restaurants up there and all that good stuff. So cool. I do like, I do like Andrew Zimmern, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just, not often that there's like that's a fun fact. Minnesota, so yeah. Uh, okay, uh, my recommendation um, is a docu series and a very large, large docu series, um, and that is Psych Odyssey, um, which is on Double Fine's YouTube channel, um, or also Double Fine Psych Odyssey, and it is about the um, development and publication of Psychonauts Two. Um, so Double Fine has done this where they. Um, uh, have put together or have documentaries about you know the games that they sometimes um, are working on, and they did it with their one. Oh, what was their Kickstarter game? Costume Quest. No, not that one. <laughs> not that one. Uh goodness gracious! It was like a huge success on Kickstarter. Double um, Kickstarter. Why should I should know this? Well, I know I am blanking on it. I like. Oh my gosh, what was the name of that game? Double Fine Kickstarter Scandal. That's the thing that comes up. Broken Promise? No. Broken Age? No. Oh, yeah, Broken Age? Maybe it is yeah. Broken Age. Broken Promise. Double Fine's Broken Age Kickstarter mess. Yeah, Broken Age. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they did a... Uh, it is Broken <laughs> Age, yes. Um, they did a docuseries about that game. Um, and it's funny because they kind of address actually in this Psych Odyssey um, a little bit about what they learned from that Kickstarter and the feedback we'll say they got about that Kickstarter. Um, But it's kind of interesting to watch this psych Odyssey documentary because it gives you, it's really, really, really behind the scene footage. Um, And I mean, uncomfortable things that you're like, I'm surprised that you would like want people to see these things, but it is a pretty unvarnished look um, at the making of Psychonauts 2. Obviously you also know that, you know, originally when they started, when they, you know, they used Fig for the backing for this game, uh, they were not owned by Microsoft. They're now owned by Microsoft. And that happens during the, con- the, you know, the time of this documentary. And to give, you know, context about like how long ago, like some of the content for this documentary is filmed. Um, in one of the episodes, they're talking about like, man, when we wake up tomorrow, is Donald Trump going to be president? Like, <laughs> you know, like that's how long ago, like oh, this boy. documentary starts, you know, yeah. is a really long time ago. Uh, but the whole series is 32 episodes. Um, they dropped all 32 on their YouTube channel on the same day. It's like 20 some hours of video. Um, so I'm not through all of it yet because uh, it's very long. Uh, but it, like I said, it's a really interesting, unvarnished look um, at Double Fine. Um, and, you know, Tim Schafer is a, a pretty big name in the business. And I think it's interesting i use that word a lot i know but to to see him just kind of share this more unvarnished view of who he is as a like ceo basically yeah yeah you know um and there are people who are really important to the studio who like leave during this time and and seeing them transition out and what that's like and the impact it has on the team and uh, they also like very openly talk about so far there's only been one thing bleeped in the whole show as far as like when talking about business stuff yeah they're like because they talked about like oh we offer like we brought this game and presented it to like this company this company and this company like they're just saying who they are other than one time it has been bleeped really? only once interesting yeah. and you would think 
that it'd be PlayStation, but it hasn't been. They have said PlayStation out loud multiple, like they they pitched the game to them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So who knows? Like, I don't know, but it is interesting, right? Because in this documentary, like they're working on the Rhombus of Ruin, which is a game they made for PSVR, which is funny now that PSVR 2 is coming out. But like, here they are with all this PlayStation stuff, like in this documentary by what is now an Xbox owned team. Yeah. They're just, you know, doing their thing, making video games. So yeah, it's, it's really a great, in-depth look into the world of making video games and how i'm just amazed that any video game ever gets released because man making video games looks real hard real yeah, hard i can't even imagine yeah so so yeah so that's double fine psychodacy it is on youtube you know you might want to get a warm beverage it's going to take a while but i think it's definitely worth the watch so with that hey josh what do you say we wrap this show up yeah, let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone, on this short edition of Board with Video Games for the month of February, part two. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there, if you don't mind. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to send us an email at boardwith3g at gmail.com. Uh, we tag our stuff with hashtag boardwith3g unless you're me and just posted something and forgot to do that. But normally <laughs> we do that. Um, so please do that as well so we can search that hashtag to see what you're playing. Uh, and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us uh, that stellar rating we crave. Uh, that is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed. Or our very own standalone board with video games feet. I just came to the realization I said uh like seven times in there, so I kept oh. pausing. When you said it's what we we crave, I thought of Brondo, it's what plants crave. But anyway, Yeah, and know. I was gonna make a comment about <laughs> it, but I you know, it is what it is. Uh you can find me at Lysa Sirius on all the things that's S I R R I U S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all the usual places Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Greek, all at Psychocross, C Y C O C R O S S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>